Every week, Northern California homeowners like you turn to AskTheContractors.com for the best products, information, and specialists to complete your home improvement projects. Now with nearly 40 years of contracting experience locally, here's your host of Ask the Contractors, Todd Bird. And welcome, everyone, to AskTheContractors.com, your source for local home improvement pros. Folks, this is where we cut through it all and nail things down. How's everyone doing today? I'm your host, Todd Bird. Need to have a project completed, started? Of course you want to start it and get it completed. Well, the way you do that is you go to AskTheContractors.com and check out my directory of contractors. These are the people that have helped me become successful well over 30 years, and now they're there to help you. Askthecontractors.com, okay? This is your source for local home improvement pros. You got to go and check it out, and they're going to be there for you on your next project. Huge lineup today. Huge lineup. We're going to be talking about interior doors. Very important, okay? When you walk in your home, you see some beautiful doors. That is the first impression when someone walks into your home. And by the way, you can't imagine how many doors there are out there. There's pocket doors. There's swinging doors. In my day, they used to be called butler doors. So you want to stay with me. And uh, we're going to be talking about interior doors. And then ROI, return of investment. What are the best projects on your home to do that you can get the best return on your investment? So you want to listen to that before you start tearing into your house for that next project. Make sure it's the project that's going to bring you the best return on your money. And in fact, I think we're going to go to one of my job sites. We are going to head out on the road to a job site, same one we went to last week. We're going to see that remodel all the way through. We call it the Alex job. We're putting in flooring today. We have all types of stuff going on. Our electrical just got done yesterday. Rough electrical, rough plumbing is being installed. So a lot happening over there. We're going to follow that project all the way through to the end, right on up until when the building inspector comes out and signs us off. And as always, we like to start off with some news. So here we go. We've got some really interesting things going on out there in the news for homeowners. American suburbs add new generation of residents. By the way, I saw this happening. All four of my kids are millennials. And it's just so fun to watch how they're in their 20s and, and their dreams and aspirations, which is awesome. That's what you're supposed to do. But then how reality hits them in the face. And uh, it's just fun to watch kids. They're, they're, worth, uh, they're worth every penny of what I invested into them. Here it is. As we approach the end of 2010s, the biggest cities in the U.S. are experiencing slower growth of population losses. According to the new census estimate, the combination of city growth declines and higher suburban growth suggests that an exodus seen at the beginning of the decade has reversed. Does this mean that young people are abandoning the big city? Well, maybe. Americans priced out of popular big cities are flocking to Frisco, Texas, Nolensville, Tennessee, Lakewood Ranch, Florida, and Scottsdale, Georgia. That's, that's, those are affordable places to live. By the way, I did a news story not too long ago. Fresno is a popular place for those in California. They're coming out of the Silicon Valley, out of the San Francisco area, and they're going to the Fresno Bakersfield area. Why? It's affordable. 
You got the country town living in those areas. You got great schools and it's just a little bit less than the rat race, but they're not just going there. They're actually buying homes in these areas. So that's good. Millennials, the generation now ages 23 to 38 are no longer as rooted as they were after the economic downturn. Many are getting married and heading to the suburbs just as their parents and grandparents did. We're not such old fuddy duds, are we? Ah, that's, that's kind of interesting, kind of interesting that they're, they're heading that way. How about construction spending dips nationwide? Construction spending during May of 19 was estimated at a seasonal adjusted annual rate of eight-tenths percent below the revised April estimate, the Census Bureau reported. During the first five months of the year, construction spending amounted to almost $5 billion. That's $5 billion. Buckaroos there, baby, down from the same period of 2018. In response, National Association of Home Builders said builders report that the market is stabilizing following the slowdown at the end of 2018, and they anticipate a solid spring home buying season. However, the report indicated that skilled worker shortage, yep, we still have a shortage of skilled workers, lack of building lots, it's another big problem, and stiff zoning restrictions are among the biggest challenges builders face as they strive to construct affordable housing. And that's the problem here, just like my story before this one you know you can go up to fresno you can go to these what we used to call rural areas how about yuba city yuba city is one of the fastest growing uh cities in the nation why because the property is cheaper to develop a lot cheaper you buy a lot in san francisco or san jose you start off by paying a million dollars just for the property in some cases then you build a home on it it doesn't make sense if you're not a billionaire, of course, and most of us are not. So oh, I've been love this story. I've been wanting to get to it. Ben neighbors say no to sidewalks. Now, I was just in Ben probably four weeks ago, spent a lot of time there and sisters and Bend, and sat on the Deschutes River and just really, really enjoyed that part of the country. Bend, Oregon is a beautiful, beautiful place. And uh, even if you're thinking about retiring, it is definitely a place to consider. A group of residents in Bend, Oregon, say they don't want sidewalks in their neighborhood and they're fighting to prove it. The Bend Planning Commission voted this week to not allow code change that would exempt someone building a new home to install new sidewalks. In other words, when you go to get your permit, they're not going to issue that permit until you agree to put sidewalks and gutters in front of your home. It's the same way in Sacramento County. Uh, when I remodeled my home, I had to sign a deed saying that when Streets are improved and sidewalks and gutters are put in, God forbid, because we don't want them in our neighborhood. Nobody does. And we fought it before. Uh, I would be responsible for it. The upset neighbors argued that their streets were too narrow for sidewalks. I just was on those streets and they're right. It's a very narrow streets in some of the, the nicer neighborhoods in that uh, area. Instead, the Planning Commission recommends residents fund a neighborhood-wide sidewalk project through a fee at the time of getting a building permit. The money would go toward funding a larger sidewalks and prevent having short, disconnected sidewalks that are sidewalks that go basically to nowhere. In other words, someone could put a sidewalk in front of their home, and then on both sides of that home, there are no sidewalks. And that can also be very dangerous. The city council is scheduled to have a public hearing on the possible code change 
in early August. You know, what's always frustrated me when I signed that deed on my home, I thought that's why we pay property taxes. I thought that's why we pay taxes to keep our streets upgraded and keep our sewer lines uh, upgraded and keep our our sidewalks and our gutters uh, upgraded and installed when needed. It seems like I think the politicians put a fast one on us homeowners that, oh, we'll just put the burden on them and still collect the same amount of tax, which is one point five percent here in California. I know it is at least in the county of Sacramento, and uh, that's a lot of revenue. And I kind of think we uh, we've been suckered into that one. Here's a story that I find fascinating. Rare floating home in San Francisco for sale. Listed at $1.8 million. the unique dwelling is a rarity in the city by the bay. There aren't too many, says the listing agent. These homes are usually sold privately. As far as we know, this is the only one on the open market. The listing offers a rare view of a home on the water. Right in one of the nation's most expensive markets, located in a tiny body of water called McCovey Cove. It's one of just 20 floating homes and 35 boats docked at the wharf south of market. And unlike buying a home on dry land, the buyers should expect to pay all cash. Lucky them to have that kind of money. Banks don't normally underwrite mortgages for unconventional properties such as this. They want to see it on a foundation. They want to see it on a piece of property. Even mobile homes, which are on temporary foundations can actually get financing, but this is in the water, which makes it very difficult. Once the cash is in place, the buyers will own the vessel, but not the berth where the home is currently docked. The berth runs, and this is what amazes me. This is right in San Francisco. I know exactly where this is because I was just at Giant Stadium. The berth runs an additional monthly fee of 387 bucks. That's a steal. I mean, I grant you, you got to pay 1.8 million to buy this thing, but to live there every month costs you 387 bucks. That is nothing in San Francisco. You can read more of this full report and check out the pictures of this beautiful floating home on our Facebook page and at askthecontractors.com. And by the way, If you're looking for financing, certainly not on a houseboat, but if you are looking for financing on your next home or you need to refinance or you're purchasing, you want to give Troy Bird a call at 977-1234 for all your banking mortgage needs. Give Troy Bird a call. Okay, this one here gives me the heebie-jeebies. I'm looking underneath my bed tonight before I go to bed. Not that I'm afraid of monsters. Monsters are the least of my problems. I just fear snakes. Snakes are really, really strange things, and I don't like them. But a 16-foot python found nesting under a home. And you could guess this is probably in uh, Florida. Who would guess? How about this? A 165-pound Burmese python and approximately 50 hatched eggs were found beneath a home about four miles south of Alligator Alley in Florida last weekend. Environmentalists say that the species are responsible for killing deer. Yeah, you think? A 165-pound snake and gobble a deer up? I mean, this is serious stuff. I mean, it can even eat alligators and other important wildlife in the area. Their presence is causing lasting damage to the ecosystem. I've been hearing about this for years and years. Somehow they migrated into the ecosystem there and they're not healthy to have around. We got her out, they say. We got the snake and we're able to destroy all the eggs and that's about 50 less pythons out here in the beautiful Everglades said Alligator Ron, a conservationist who is 
working to help save the Everglades from invasive species. Burmese pythons were originally discovered in the Everglades 20 years ago and has been spotted all around the area ever since. And I'm going to be posting a picture on our website at the Facebook, AskTheContractors.com. And this picture, when you see it, there's one, two, three, four, five guys holding this up. And each guy's about three feet in between them. And they're holding the snake up. And again, yeah, this thing can eat deer. This thing can eat alligators which guess what it means it can eat humans too so i would not want to see this thing anywhere near me so go to the contractor's facebook page and you'll be able to see so much more on that story we have so much more coming up we're going to be heading out to a job site the alex job we were out there last week this week we're going to give you an update we're going to be looking at rough plumbing rough electric that's been installed we have flooring being installed as i speak so we're going to head out there check on the guys and gals and make sure everyone is doing what they should be doing and then return of investment what's the best projects in your home to get the best return of investments and then we're going to have the question of the week which i love it i love it that you're sending me questions i love answering your questions about your home that's what this show is all about is answering questions about your most precious asset and that is your home so in this case we're going to be talking about interior doors so stay with us everyone i'm todd bird i'm going to be right back So you've been working with this guy, learning the tools of the trade. You're getting pretty good. Today may be a great time to take that plunge and become a licensed contractor. CBS can help you navigate the licensing process with tried and true testing material that you'll see on the exam. And when you prepare for the state exam properly with CBS, we'll guarantee you pass the test based on reliable research and development from the CBS team. These are proven courses to quiz you on the law, the trades, the math, and your skills. Get started as a licensed contractor today. 855-585-BOND or cbsbond.com. Hey, we're on the Alex job today. Hi, everyone. Thanks for staying with me. I'm your host, Todd Bird. As always, we want to give you the best information possible on this project, the Alex Project. Giving you an update. We just got all of our rough electric in in the new kitchen that uh, is being renovated. We have all the rough plumbing inside the bathroom done. Our faucet, uh, what they call the valve, has been soldered in with copper pipe. The new tub has been set, and now we're waiting for cabinets, which should be coming in in about a week and a half. But meanwhile, we're going to be having an inspection on this project. We have our rough electric inspection. We have our rough plumbing inspection. We put in our can lights, left a hole in the ceiling so that the inspector can get up there and look what we've done and verify that it was done right. That's why you have a permit, so you have an unbiased set of eyes on the project to make sure everything's done properly. 
uh, once the inspector comes in and okays the rough plumbing and rough electric, then we could start the sheetrock stage. All this is being done while we're waiting for our cabinets to be made and while we're waiting for our countertops to be fabricated. While that's being done, we're going to be hanging sheetrock upon our next inspection. We're going to be tape top and texturing. And then we're going to go ahead and hopefully get this place painted before we put the cabinets in. It's not detrimental, but it does make it for a nicer job. And if you notice putting these floors in, if you go to our video, which is posted on our Facebook, you'll see that the floors are being also put in before the cabinets. This makes it so the cabinets can just sit on top of the flooring and gives it a really nice clean line uh, around the cabinet base. That's going to look really, really beautiful. So many other things going on around here, folks. We're on the Alex job. This is a job that I reported to you last week that we started the demo. We're putting a new kitchen in, a new bathroom. We have new painting going in, new flooring going in. This is going to be a totally new renovated home when we're completed. We are going to see this project all the way through the final inspection. Pretty soon you're going to see brand new cabinets coming in, countertops coming in. Our floor should be completed today. We have, uh, we have something very interesting because this is an older home, and it's called a base shoe. And it's a piece of quarter round that you could put up against the existing baseboards in this home. The expense to take out the baseboard would have been just way too expensive for the client. So we decided to go ahead and put a base shoe around the existing baseboard and does not allow the seams or the cuts to be exposed. So very, very clean way of doing it in the older homes. Come and see the floor, isn't it pretty? Last week, as you know, we did the demo. Everything got put out front. That's in the dump now. So we are ready to start rebuilding. That was a lot of work taking out the kitchen, the cabinets, the countertops, the bathtub. And in doing so, like on a 70-year-old home, most 70-year-old homes, we found some dry rot. And so we had to deal with some dry rot. It wasn't that big of a deal, but we made it, uh, we made it happen by cutting it out with our sawzall and making sure all the dry rot was removed and then started the rebuild process of putting the new floors down. Now, we jump forward to this week. Hardwood flooring is going down. The dry rot has been repaired. Our electrical has been uh, installed, our rough electrical. We have plumbing, rough plumbing, getting ready for our new dishwasher. This home's 70 years old. It's never had a dishwasher. So we're plumbing for a new dishwasher, a new garbage disposal, a new sink. We're making sure that we have our light switches and our plugs. Remember, if you're putting in plugs around your kitchen. They have to be four feet from each other in order to meet code, and they have to be on GFI. So all these things are important when you start your next renovation project. Again, we're putting in floors today, getting ready for the base shoe to be put in, which is being done right now. Cabinets should be coming in in a couple of weeks. So now we're going into the bath area where that dry rot I told you about. Now, what caused that dry rot? You know what? It happened to be a leaky 
overflow in the bathtub. Whenever it overflowed, it actually never made it into the proper drain. And so it went on the floor and then migrated underneath the tile. That's all done. The tile will be coming in soon. But meanwhile, we set the tub. We put the new valve in, the new shower head. We made sure that uh, the vanity was out of here. We upgraded the plumbing behind the vanity. Now the next phase is, again, getting the inspection. Once the plumbing and electrical rough inspection is done, then we start the sheetrock. And then the next phase from there will be tile. Keep you updated on the bathroom renovation. It's going along really well. And once we have that sheetrock up, now there will be no more inspections until the final. And then we start the tile process. We're going to be putting in a tile floor on a brisket, which is a mortar-based product. Comes in sheets. That will be laid down on the floor first after we put our vapor paper down. And then behind the tub, we're going to be putting, obviously, insulation. We have open walls here. This home, 70 years old, never had insulation in the exterior walls. And the bathroom happens to butt up to an exterior wall. We'll be putting insulation in those walls putting our sheetrock up, putting our another term uh, for the board that we put up is wafer board. It goes on the walls, and then the tile is adhered to that. So uh, next week, I'll have some pictures of the tile that we selected, and you'll be able to see firsthand what's going to be going into this beautiful new bathroom. It's coming. It's coming. My wife's picking it up now. Hey, I just happened to be running into one of our installers, Tom. Tom, you guys have worked really fast. I see one, two, three, four, five of you here today, and this home's about 900 square feet. You guys are going to be finished today, correct? Yeah. I would say if you want to do it yourself, I think it's a pretty straightforward project that you can tackle yourself. But if not, go to my website, askthecontractors.com. I can get you in the right direction. If you don't see it on the website, call me directly, and I could put you in the right direction. Now, the flooring that we're putting down in here, and again, we'll post some pictures on our Facebook. It's a vinyl floor. It's very flexible. It has the wood look. I mean, you could add darn near bend this stuff. Uh, like a banana, and it's still holding together. Very, very flexible, very durable, and it's sure to last Alex here a long, long time. And especially with having eight dogs, uh, it's got to be durable for her lifestyle, and this certainly is a great product. And there's so many other great products. Remember, when you're putting a floor down, look at your lifestyle. Do you have kids? Do you have dogs? Is there high-trafficked areas? Whatever the means are, you want to make sure you pick out the right product for your next home improvement project. Don't just go out and not put a lot of thought into it. This pro this product is very, very good. And in this case, it's considered a floating floor, which, uh, which have become very popular. It's very soft on your feet, very, very soft. You notice a difference right away when you walk on it opposed to a hard surface. A moisture barrier goes underneath it. And... It's very, very efficient to install. You're saving a lot of money on the install when you're not having to put uh, adhesive down and then put your floor down. A lot more prep goes into that. This goes with a simple barrier. The sheets of, uh, of flooring goes right on top, interlocks very tightly. And you're not going to have a whole lot of expanding and contracting. This product is pretty much going to stabilize. Remember, when you do real hardwood flooring, you have to actually bring the product in and acclimate it to your home's temperature for a period of sometimes a week or two before they'll install it because the size will change. This stays the same. So it's very efficient to put in, very economical to put in, and very DIY friendly. 
very friendly. You can do this yourself. In my business, because I'm a contractor, I don't have that privilege of always doing everything by myself. I have to hire workers to get the job done a lot quicker than what I'm able to get it done by working by myself. So for me, it's efficient to have the workers here doing it. And like I mentioned, we have five guys on this job today, and this home is going to be done today with the flooring. It looks great. So here's what's coming up in the project when we meet again. Cabinets are going to be ready to come in next week, week and a half. We're going to have sheetrock done. We're going to tape top and texture. And because of the floors being done now, we're going to start the painting. We're going to tape off and secure these floors to make sure that uh, they're protected. And then our painting begins. So next week, I'll give you another update. Follow me on this project. It's a great project, and I will not disappoint you. I've been a contractor for almost 40 years, and this is what I do. This is what I love to do. Check us out on our Facebook, on our website, askthecontractors.com. You'll see my business there listed. I'm Todd Bird. We've been around for a long time, and this is what we do for a living. And I want you to learn from what I do for a living so you could do it yourself and make your home the best it can be. And coming up next, we have the question of the week from Josh from Lamb Park. We're going to be talking about doors in his home and the problems he's having. And we're going to see if we can solve his problem. Then we have return of investment, the projects on your home that are going to give you the best return on your money. You've been listening to AskTheContractors.com. Thank you so much for being here. I'm your host, Todd Bird. We will be right back. Remodeling is a once-in-a-lifetime adventure. Your life as you know it will drastically be disrupted. You'll have no running water with no appliances. Your daily routine will change, but it's only temporary because you're going to love your new kitchen or bath. With DR Design and Remodel, it starts in our showroom. If you're thinking about a kitchen or bathroom remodel, our design center provides a convenient, low-stress remodeling experience. Select from flooring, tile, fixtures, countertops, cabinets, and more. Then see your design using 3D renderings as your project comes together. The DR Design and Remodel team will help you get the right look and make sure it fits perfectly. You'll know you got the perfect renovation for years to come with brands like Paradigm Bathware, Metro Floor, Cambria Natural Stone, and Waypoint Cabinetry. If you're thinking about a kitchen or bath remodel, stop by DR Design and Remodel Showroom right off Highway 99 and Grant Line Road in Elk Grove. Or visit FTCElkgrove.com. That stands for Flooring Tile Cabinetry with DR Design and Remodel. And welcome back to AskTheContractors.com. Folks, this is your source for local home improvement pros. You need pros to help you with that next project. We cut through it all and nail things down. Thanks for being with us, everyone. I'm your host, Todd Bird. Hey, you want to find a qualified contractor on the website? AskTheContractors.com. How about request an estimate from one of our trusted home improvement pros that we endorse? You just need to go and search the directory of contractors, and they are going to be there for your next project. Been a contractor well over 30 years. Again, these are the people that have made me 
a star in the construction industry. How's that? They at least made me successful. I don't know about being a star, but I am successful in the contracting business. I love this. Questions of the week. This is so cool. When you guys send me a question, I get them from all over the country, from Georgia, from Florida, from Maine, from Minnesota, from Southern California, from Arizona. Questions come in from all over the place, and I love, love bringing them to your attention. Because if someone has a question on the other side of the country, chances are someone around here also needs the same thing done. However, this one here is kind of, this is, should be a pretty easy one. Comes from Josh in Land Park. So we have a local one here. I have an interior door that separates the kitchen from the laundry room. We would like to keep the door open, but it keeps swinging closed. So here's the question. How do I keep my interior door from swinging closed by itself? Is it an easy fix? Yeah, Josh, it is. Buy a doorstop. Okay, that takes care of that question. I'm kidding, Josh. A doorstop probably would help. But the kind of door you're talking about, I'm envisioning, is a butler's door where it can swing and um, and uh, it just it doesn't slide. It doesn't open like a conventional door. There's hinges on those doors normally that you can tighten that keeps the door from from closing all the way. So check and see if that hinge is adjustable. If the hinge is adjustable, easy fix. Another thing is if the hinge is not adjustable, it's a simple fix by going to a hardware store and you can actually get a hinge that will fit that door and it would keep it open when you want it and keep it closed when you want it. You know, also, Josh, I want to mention the fact you say you're in Land Park. Don't be surprised if that door might be closing on its own because maybe the floor itself might not be level. That's another thing. In Lamb Park, I think of the Fab 40s. These are older homes. And because it's in Lamb Park, which used to be river bottom, sometimes those foundations over there sink a little bit. They realign themselves, and uh, it can cause doors to open and close on their own inside the home. Nothing to worry about. But again, I go back to my original suggestion, and that is a hinge, if it's an adjustable hinge, that's going to help. And if you don't have them, they're easy to put on. And uh, and that should take care of the problem. And living in many, many older homes, it might be as simple as the hinge on the door itself right now. If they're not self-adjustable hinges, then you might want to take for instance, uh, the top or the bottom, whichever way the door swings, and put a piece of uh, cardboard, put a piece of cardboard behind the hinge and then reattach it, which is going to bring the upper part of that door out a little bit and force it to do what you want. Uh, and the same goes for the bottom hinge. If there's two hinges on the door, whichever one you kick out a little further from the jam itself, that's going to put the door in the direction that you want. So hopefully that's all this is going to take. I remember we had a butler's store in a home that we were growing up and it was actually you actually had to yell on the other side that you were coming through because gosh forbid if mom was pulling something out of the oven and we opened that door and she turned around we she'd be running right into whatever person was coming in the other way so butler doors are also pretty dangerous you see them in uh, restaurants sometimes however they're double doors one for going in the uh, the kitchen and one for coming out into the dining room so they are very efficient they're very good doors 
doors, but you're right. Uh, they, they do not want to stay open on their own. They tend to want to close. But again, that's a simple fix, Josh. Just go to the hinges and see if those hinges are adjustable, and that's going to take care of the problem. Hopefully that makes sense to you. I, I wish you the best of luck, and uh, send me back an email and connect with me on how that project was solved. Okay, Josh, if you have a question for askthecontractors.com, send it, and I will answer it right here on this beautiful podcast and uh, get you in the right direction that you need to go. Askthecontractors.com, and I'm going to answer those right here on the show. Other stuff going on around your house? Of course there is. How about ROI? You know what ROI stands for? Return of investment. You want to get a good return on your home improvement investments. You don't want to just slop some paint on the wall and say, voila, the house is worth more. That's not what's going to do it. Every year, Remodeling Magazine releases their cost versus value report in an in-depth look at the return of investment, return of investment, that's common remodeling projects across the country. We knew that we had to share this with you. Here are some of the remodeling projects that top this year's report, focusing on the Western United States. You know, you need to maybe dive into that bathroom and update it. Maybe you're way behind the times and your bathroom was built in the 50s and 60s. In fact, the Alex job that we just came back from, her bathroom was almost 70 years old and all original. It was just time to update it. Her kitchen was renovated 20, 30 years ago, but still, that's 25, 30 years old uh, kitchen. She realized, Alex, the customer we're working for, has realized that, you know what, by putting money into her home, she's going to get a great return on that. What is she doing? A kitchen and bath, both at the same time. And also with that remodel, she's also decided to put some hardwood flooring in. Beautiful flooring going in her home. I can't tell you how, how happy she is because she just feels the fact that her return is going to be so strong. Having the kitchen and getting your best return on that kitchen doesn't mean you have to have a new kitchen. You can update your appliances. Maybe the cabinets or in the locations that you want. You love the layout. So that just means maybe upgrading the doors on the cabinets yeah, or painting the cabinets. That's very common if you want a, a fresh new look. I know uh, for, for a long time, cabinets painted black were very, very popular. And the reason they were painted black was most people coming out of the 70s and early 80s have uh, the um, oak cabinets. Well, oak is very porous. And so when you paint it a light color, you see those pores and you see the grains in the wood. Well, if you want uh, to have a really nice job, you go with a darker color and it hides those grains a little more and it shows the colors, not the old wood. And it doesn't look like you tried to put lipstick on the pig. It looks like you really did make an honest attempt to, to make that kitchen look bigger and better. And uh, maybe some hardware on those, on those new doors or painted doors, whichever you choose to go. And if everything is good and your cabinets are good and you just, again, like the layout, Maybe just some countertops to freshen it up. At the same time, put a new sink in. But it definitely, you don't have to gut your kitchen to get that new look and get a good return on your investment. So here's some other ideas that you're sure to get your money back uh, if the projects are done right, okay? This doesn't mean you just go uh, slap something together. You want to make sure when you do your project, you start with a permit, a set of plans, 
and you pick the right contractor. And by the way, where do you find the right contractor? You go to my trusted pros on askthecontractors.com. Here's another suggestion beside kitchens and bathrooms. How about garage doors? You know, when someone pulls up to your home, your front door and your garage door are one of the first two things they see. It's first impression. Okay, I personally have a cottage door on my driveway. My, my home is uh, Spanish country, and I've actually had people come by and actually take pictures of my cottage door with the big hinges on it, and it's, uh, it's actually a pretty impressive door, and that first impression is right there when you pull up into my home. Same with the front door. People approaching your home, they walk to your front door. What do they do? They go to knock on it or ring the doorbell. They're staring at your door. They're staring at the first thing they see, and that's your door. Your front door are like the shoes on your feet. They just make you feel good and uh, makes your home look good. And it's a good return on your investment. Now, recently, I put a front door in, bought it at HD Supply. And it was so uh, probably about a $1,500 door. Cost another twelve fifteen hundred to have the door installed. And voila, it makes the home look so beautiful. And by the way, the picture of that door is posted on our website, askthecontractors.com. Okay? Go on, look at your front door right now. Are you happy with it? Are you happy walking up to your front door? You know, for a 2000 3000 maybe even 1500 You don't need to have an expensive door. This was pretty expensive, the one that uh, we just had installed. But you can go with a very simple door depending on what style of home you have. So go out door shopping. It's kind of fun. It's kind of something that not most people don't do or even think of until uh, something starts going wrong with their door, like happened with Josh. You know, things start going wrong with your door. That's when you you start to notice doors is when something goes wrong. So here's another suggestion on the best return for your money, a deck and patio space. So valuable, especially here in the California area. When you have a deck or a patio to walk out on, it's a beautiful thing. Sit out there in the cool evenings, even in the morning, sun coming up, got your newspaper, got your cup of coffee, your bowl of oatmeal, you're raring to go and you just have this beautiful space outside in California. That's why we live here because it's so darn beautiful. You can go out there at seven o'clock in the morning and, uh, and feel good. It's not, uh, not too cold, especially with these, uh, with these summer months. It's very beautiful outside. It's a place to go. It extends the living area of your home. It extends the square footage of your home. I'm building a deck up in uh, Truckee Donner right now. It's under 600 square feet by, by adding another 300 square foot deck. I feel like I just did an addition without all the expense. It's a beautiful deck and uh, it's going to be just a beautiful place to hang out. And again, it took that 600 square foot home and just pushed it into almost 900 square feet. Here's another suggestion you might want to think about, and that's additions. So let's uh, use this for an example. Let's say a home in the greater Sacramento area costs about $250 a square foot to build. Okay. If you were to put a simple master bedroom and a bathroom onto your home, say you spend $150,000 and the room is uh, 16 by 12, okay? You've just added a lot of square footage to your home. So when you go to sell that home and it's appraised, that square footage now is gonna transcend to a higher appraisal. Why? Because you have more square footage. Say your home was, uh, was um, what do they say, 12 times 16. 
So if that addition is, uh, say for the sake of arguing, is 12 by 16, you have 192 square feet, 192 square feet more added to the square footage of your home. And if you times that times 250, the 192 square feet, you just added $48,000 to your to your home. Did it cost you more than that to add that addition? Yeah, but that's going to even itself out as the house starts to appreciate. You just put an addition on. It's going to be worth more. Don't expect a return on any of these investments immediate, okay? That's not the purpose of this. The purpose is to make you more comfortable in your living area and over a period of time gaining more equity in your home. If you're thinking about the quick fix, then you don't want to do additions. You just want to do what I call lipstick on the pig and you roll it, you sell it to someone else and those are called uh, fixer-uppers and they're also called flips. I personally have never been into flips, taking a home and renovating it it and giving it the top quality, the best products we can get for the for the a fair amount of money. Those are what's going to make your home worth more in the long run. So don't look for a quick fix to make money. Go for the long haul and get the quality you want because you're living there. You want to be comfortable and to make yourself more comfortable, you want the right things. And that usually is quality type things in your remodel. As always, if you have some tips on how to make your home more comfortable and your investment, getting it working for yourself, send me those ideas. I'd like to share them with our listeners. What are the things you've done to your home that you feel has improved? And no one better start uh, writing me and telling me that the new pool they put in made their home worth a million dollars. It's one of the things that does not give you a good return on your investment. Pools are not there. You're better off taking that money and putting a cottage on your property. And again, I told you the story of the home that I renovated down on 58th Street in the Fab 40s, where the home when we were finished, identical to the home next to us, and the home next to us was appraised for over $100,000 more, not because of anything other than one had a pool and one had a cottage, and the one with a cottage was appraised for so much more. So be very careful about your projects and how you approach them and how much money you spend into them and try and figure out long-term how you're going to get that investment back by paying you either through equity of your home or maybe it's a rental unit and you can maybe push the rent up a little more to cover your cost on your home improvement project. So, you know, and I'm also talking mainly in the greater Sacramento, California area. You know, people ask me all the time, what's the best return? What is it, a kitchen, bathroom, room addition? I would say your best return is could be all three, but if I had to pick one, it'd probably be a kitchen remodel. This is one of those projects that when someone goes to buy your home, they're going to look at the kitchen first. The kitchen is the number one. Even a bathroom they can deal with, but a kitchen is a major, major project. And if they're happy with the kitchen, chances are you're going to sell your home faster than anyone else on the block. But again, you're going to be spending a lot of money. You want to make sure you do it right. And even if you're not selling your home and you put that kind of money into a kitchen, guess what? Again, you're living comfortably. You're living in a, in a home that feels good because you did a great, great project. Second to that, I would say the, uh, the bathroom. And remember, a lot of us are turning 65 
not me. I'm, I'm only, what, 38 probably. I, I won't tell you how old I really am. But, hey, I will tell you this. I am in that league where people are turning 65. How about 10,000 people a year are turning 65 in America? So when you're doing these renovations, don't forget, build these renovations for aging in place. Remodeling a bathroom, you want that lower curb. You want those grab bars. You want the higher toilet. You want to make sure you're comfortable in that bathroom. That's a room that's going to be used a lot, and you want it to. Uh, fit your needs and be comfortable at the same time. Do you have a project like that? Go to askthecontractors.com. Request an estimate from one of our trusted pros. Okay? I endorse these pros. You want to go to my website and go to the directory of contractors like Maisha Perry if you're looking to sell a home, Reeves Construction, Select Environmental, CBS Bonds and Insurance, Louis Pacetto, Handyman Services, and so many more. You'll find me on there, Todco Builders, maybe for your next bath or kitchen or room addition, bird bath and kitchens. They're on the website. So anytime you need a quote on your projects, go to askthecontractors.com. And again, request an estimate. What a great show today. I want to thank all my guests, DNR Design and Remodel, Superior Shower Doors, Rustic Brick and Fireplace, and so many more, including Toddco. Like us on Facebook, Ask the Contractors. Subscribe to us on podcast for the show on demand, iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio app, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere else you get a podcast. Become one of our sponsors. We are AskTheContractors.com, your source for local home improvement pros. Thanks for being with me, everyone. I will talk to you soon. I'm your host, Todd Bird. Have a great, great day. When all of the industry is the same, how do you cut through? It's all about customer service. It's knowing everyone is unique. And it's tailoring our contractors' bonded insurance rates around you. With general liability, workers' comp, commercial auto, and licensing contract bonds for every need. That's why we research the best carriers to get you the best rates from our best partners. We're Contractors Brokerage Service at 855-585-BOND. Or request a quote today at cbsbond.com. It's all about customer service with custom quotes and the best rates possible. 855-585-BOND or cbsbond.com.